0: Welcome to Sheer Jashub, brought to you by the Church of Sheer Jashub Christian Tabernacle of Madison, Connecticut. Pastor Greg Scalzo will be continuing the study on heavenly authority in the section on Joshua. Last time we left off in Numbers chapter 27 and Matthew chapter 9 on how the multitudes were weary and scattered, like sheep having no shepherd. Jesus told his disciples, The harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest.
1: You can't substitute any other shepherd for the good shepherd, Christ Jesus. There's no other. He is the only one that can give us the answer. And only his workers, only his laborers can help the situation and really in the past that's been the problem with Christianity I think that many many times there are too few true laborers a lot of people maybe want to have a part of religion and and seem religious and seem important but all too often there are too few true laborers note the authority that the laborer has they're bringing the gospel this is a series on authority these are those who are being raised up to bring the word of god but the new testament tells us what those in authority those who are given the commission to bring in the harvest are compared to laborers in the new testament those who are first must be last a laborer a worker someone that toils in the field and those given the authority to bring the word are not to be there in pride. Rather, they're workers, they're toilers. They're working in the field, doing the work of the Lord. Now, Moses knew his people, and he knew their aimlessness, and he knew their lack of direction. Remember all the grumbling. Even after God, there's so many miracles. Even after the parting of the Red Sea, the plagues upon the Egyptians, the manna from heaven, all the times they grumbled against him, all the times they went about their own way, all the times they were like sheep, scattered. He knew their lack of direction all those years in the desert. And he knew they would need a shepherd, a man over them to guide them. And so we see with Joshua, and that's really who we're talking about here in Numbers 27. The establishment, as I said, of a type, of symbol, an illustration of Jesus. Joshua would be the man who would lead them. He would be able to bring them over the Jordan River into the promised land, into the physical promised land of Canaan. And he was a symbol, an example, of Jesus who brings his people into the spiritual promised land of the kingdom of heaven. We go back to Numbers 27 after Moses prays to God you read in verse 18 the Lord's response and the Lord Yahweh said to Moses take Joshua the son of Nun, with you take Joshua the son of Nun, with you a man in whom is the spirit and lay your hand on him a man in whom is the spirit and you see here again the importance of the Holy Spirit of God being upon an individual as a criteria for leadership Joshua cannot lead these people unless he too has been anointed he has received the Holy Spirit even as Moses has received the Spirit and lay your hand on him when Moses would lay his hand upon Joshua it was a type of saying this was the chosen one to lead this is the one God has selected it also was remember the laying on of hands with the sacrifice it would be symbolic of placing their sins upon that little animal well here when Moses places his hands upon Joshua he's taking that authority or some of that authority which is upon him some of that anointing which is upon him and now before he dies he's placing it upon Joshua that Joshua would have that same anointing That same authority, that same leadership. Take Joshua, the son of Nun, with you, a man in whom is a spirit, and lay your hand on him and set him before Eliezer the priest and before all the congregation and inaugurate him in their sight. Now notice, Joshua is not a Levite. We've studied the organization, we've studied the institution of the priesthood and the Levitical system. Rather, Joshua is a descendant of Ephraim. And even with all the priests and the Levites, there's the 70 elders, there's all those leaders who were there set up to judge hundreds and thousands, even with all that, still this individual is chosen by God to shepherd the people. You remember back in Exodus, we studied this some time ago in the series, in Exodus chapter 24, when the Ten Commandments were given, when the presence of God came down on the mountain, and then Moses was called up on the mountain, and you had a hierarchy. You had the people, the Israelite people, afar off from the mountain, as the cloud that shined was on top of the mountain with the lightning and the peals of thunder, and all the magnificence of God, the people stood afar back. They were set afar back, probably back in the camp. And then you had down the mountain. You had Aaron and his two sons Nadab and Abihu, Abihu, and the seventy elders, and they had a fellowship meal. Remember on the mountain, and they could look up and see the God of Israel on the mountain top. And then God called Moses to come up, and it says in Exodus twenty-four thirteen. So Moses arose with his assistant Joshua, and Moses went up the mountain of God. So at the very top, we read how Moses enters into the cloud, into the presence of God. And just below him, well above the priest Aaron, or the man who would be priest, Aaron and Nadab and Abihu and the 70 elders. Just below Moses is this young man, Joshua, a man like Moses, Moses' assistant, who was truly consecrated, who was truly spiritually set apart unto God, who was different than the others below. Remember, Aaron would go and he would be the actual one that would pound out the golden calf at the insistence of the people. Someone who was destined, this Joshua, to enter into a like relationship as Moses. You remember also that Uh, when Moses sent out the spies to explore Canaan, the promised land, that Joshua was one of the spies. Joshua represented the tribe of Ephraim, the tribe he was from. And it was only he and Caleb who gave the good report. In Numbers chapter 13, you read in verse 30, numbers 1330 then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said let us go up at once and take possession for we are well able to overcome it Caleb saw that they were able to claim the promised land but the men who had gone up with him said we are not able to go up against the people for they are stronger than we and they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out saying the land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants and all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature they're very tall they're very large we can't defeat them and they gave a bad report it says in chapter 14 verse 1 so all the congregation lifted up their voices and cried and the people wept that night So all the people got afraid. They got scared. They cried over, how can we go into this promised land? Verse 6 of chapter 14, But Joshua, Joshua the son of Nun, and Caleb the son of Jephna, who were among those who had spied out the land, they tore their clothes, and they spoke to all the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, The land we passed through to spy out is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us into this land, and will give it to us, a land which flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord, nor fear the people of the land, for they are our bread. Their protection has departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. So you see in this young man Joshua a tremendous amount of faith. Faith in what only God could do. God is with us. We're not to be afraid. Their protection is gone from them. They can't stand against us. We can take the land God has given to us. And that faith that Joshua had, that God could give them that land, years later, many decades later, would allow him then to be the one to lead them into that promised land. The faith in God that he had is a characteristic of true heavenly authority. The leaders of God must have faith in God. And even Joshua's name reflected this. Originally, his name is Hoshea. If you look in uh, Numbers chapter 13, from the tribe of Ephraim, Hoshea, the son of Nun. Then you read down in verse 16. These are the names of the men whom Moses sent to spy out the land. And Moses called Hoshea, the son of Nun, Joshua. So Moses changes Joshua's name. Moses changes Joshua's name from Hoshea, and Hoshea in Hebrew means salvation, to Joshua, which means God saves. God is salvation, literally, Yahweh is salvation. That's what Joshua means. We can't save ourselves. Only Yahweh, the Lord God, can save us. So he changes the name of Joshua, like Jesus changed Simon's name to Peter. He changes Joshua's name from Hoshea, salvation, to Joshua, the Lord, Yahweh, is salvation. God saves, and salvation comes, must come, from God. And it's a wonderful name. Joshua is a wonderful name. It's a, really, when we say Joshua, we're transliterating into English. We're changing the form of it, but that name Joshua, literally, in Hebrew, is Yeshua. Yeshua, Yahweh, is salvation. That's what it is in Hebrew. Same name. In Greek, it's Jesus. And in English, we say Jesus. Moses changed the name of Hoshea to what we say as Jesus. That's why at the time of the Lord Jesus, many men were named Jesus, because they were named after Joshua. It's the same name, Joshua, Yeshua. Jesus was probably called by his family Yeshua. That's what we sing Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah. That's the Hebrew way of saying it. And, by the way, Jesus was a Hebrew, and they, they spoke the Hebrew language. They also spoke the Greek language, Yesus. So in the New Testament, you read Yesus Christos, which is the exact Greek translation of Yeshua HaMashiach, the anointed one, the Christ, Joshua the Christ, Jesus the Christ. And so you see here that God is setting Joshua as a type of Jesus. Through Moses, he's establishing the name by which we are led into the promised land.
0: If you would like to write to us or feel led of the Lord to help support our church's outreach, our address is Sheer Jashub Christian Tabernacle, Post Office Box 518, Branford, Connecticut 06405. And if you will be in the Madison, Connecticut area, Sheer Jashub Christian Tabernacle's Sunday service is at 10 a.m. at the Memorial Hall on Meeting House Lane in Madison, Connecticut. Join us next time for Shir Jashub.